Who told you to watch this? Brad. Why? Franchise that they have is based on like the Jendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars. <laughs> that was designed to like move and like live in like 2D space. But then they just like adapted it for like 3D and like it just looks awkward. Looks pretty. Don't you think it looks pretty? Joe. Oh my god, you fell asleep. <laughs> and welcome to episode 180 of CBQ Legacy. That's Comic Book Queers. I am Evil Jeff, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brett. What was that? And we just listened to a few snippets. We said last um, episode, you were talking about The Bad Batch. And you um, wanted me to- A Star Wars show. Yes, you wanted, and I was like, I know my boyfriend will hate it. (gasps) Record your boyfriend watching it. So these were a few snippets of my boyfriend reacting to it before he just flat out fell asleep. My God, Within five he hated minutes. it. Five minutes. I think that's the worst offense that you can ever it is. do. It's not just hate watching something. It's literally just straight up falling asleep. Straight up falling asleep. Um, I remember I made a movie in Chicago. Um, you can rent it what? on Netflix and I will not. Not Netflix, uh, Amazon. You but made a movie? Yes. What movie? Um, it's awful. I don't even want to talk about it. What was the name of it? It's called Into It. And into it? You can rent, it's, I think it's like on Amazon. I think they might have taken it down by now, but it, at some point you could watch it just on Amazon Prime. It was bought by like the people that distributed Pierre Pasolini's films, like thought it was amazing and artsy and then did it. It's awful. Um, it's all just about prostitutes and sadness and suicide. Oh, no. And then I was like, I want to do comedy. <laughs> like oh. literally after making that, it was all about, about like rape and like, and then I was like, this is just, and I oh. spent all these years doing this. And then I was like, I just want to do things that are funny. And I never looked back. And now I hate that movie. But would anyway, you ever show your boyfriend that movie? Oh, he and watched it behind my back. Watching he it? watched it did behind he re- my back. <gasps> what did he say? Oh, he was like, he's like, it's better than you made it out to be. Which I oh, guess is okay. the best compliment I could get. Sure. I won an Illinois Art Council grant to make it, so I had $10,000 to make a full-length movie. So clearly, it was very low budget. But I ended up having, um, I, I invited a guy over who was like a professor at Columbia University. And I was like, can you watch it? Ooh. I want to get notes. And he just fell asleep. So I was like, Ooh. and it's garbage. And so I had to wake him up and I asked him to leave. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just I was tired. I was like, you didn't like it, so you can leave. Well, hopefully the... Creators of the Bad Batch are not listening this week. Yeah. And my one last separate story of falling asleep. My dad cannot stay awake in a movie. And I remember I decided to see Hellboy with him. And the previews was Van Helsing. So they Uh had previews for Van Helsing. Then Hellboy started. Hellboy has maybe 10 minutes left. I suddenly hear my dad go, what? What? And then I look. And I was like, what? And he's like, what happened? Where's Hugh Jackman? 
Stop. And I was like, stop that. I was like, oh my God, you fell Your asleep. Your dad was asleep for an hour and 45 he minutes. He literally fell asleep in the middle of the Van Helsing trailer and did not wake up until Wait, 10 minutes. Wait, how did you movie. not know that your father was sleeping next to you? Because I was just jerking off to, uh, what's his name, in his Hellboy outfit. No. To Ron Perlman in Ron his Hellboy Perlman. makeup? Ron Ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, your dad missed a lot. I was riveted, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Wow. Okay. Anyway, let's stop talking about the past and let's talk about the present. Let's talk about what are you going to hit? Ooh. Hot topics. Yes. I have a hot topic for you. Our, as you know, our hot topics are mostly MCU related because what could be hotter? The animated series What If has announced it shall be released in August date TBD, of course. But I'm Sometime excited. Sometime in August. Evil Jeff, are you excited for What If? Of All the original stars are voicing their characters. Have they released? I know there's like a zombie one. I know there's like What If like Agent Carter was Captain America. Yeah. Are there other ones that have been released of what they are? I, I feel like I read a bunch back in the day, but I have a better idea. Okay. I think you and I should decide what the What If series should be about, what the episode should be about. We have enough MCU, nay, Marvel knowledge. We can make up a few What Ifs. Okay. Let's make up some What Ifs. All right. Cue the music. I'm just kidding. We don't have this music, right? Um, I'll put something in there. You don't have to. What um, if? And the bit's funnier if we don't. What the bit if? It's funny if we don't have a song. Okay. What if? Okay. So we have what if Peggy Carter becomes Captain America, which I'm very excited for. Okay. Um, we are going to have a Marvel Zombies related episode. Maybe, maybe three episodes. Who knows? But I don't really know of anything else. Okay. But I think. Okay. Do you have one? Yes. Okay. I think we should do what if Tony never let the water from the dishwasher when he was washing dishes in Endgame and he let like the hose, the water from the hose like fly everywhere and it hit a picture of Peter Parker he had on a shelf and then he wiped off the picture of Peter Parker that he got wet and he was like, I'm going to try to invent time travel and then he did. What if Tony Stark... Never wet that picture of Peter Parker. What do you think would have happened? Nothing. And then it was that over. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most, it's like, what if that rat never walked across Ant-Man's but I, No, but here's the one thing I do think is interesting is the idea of what if pe- the people weren't blipped back. Ooh, yes. Because that's basically what would have happened. What if the people didn't yeah. get blipped back? What would the world be like? Because you wouldn't who have would be the Falcon. Team. Who would be the Avenger? You know what I mean. You would like yeah. Scar like uh, and a Black Widow would be alive. Yes, Tony Stark would still be alive. Captain America would be young. I mean, those are all. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I think that's very very interesting. The only thing you'd have to think of is like what what is a thing that would then happen. Like, what's, like, some kind of worldwide danger that would happen that wouldn't happen if there was the blip? That I don't know. That I don't know. Um, I have one. Ooh. Um, mine is, uh, what if 
Doctor Strange um, was just decided to be a better driver that day. Be a better driver? Yeah, and didn't get in his car oh. accident. <laughs> his origin story. Yeah. What if Doctor Strange kept his eyes on the goddamn road? He kept his eyes on the road, did not get into the car accident, and just stayed a complete douchebag. And then it was just Tilda, Tilda, Tilda. That would be amazing. I would like that better. Honestly, I'd rather have Tilda as the Sorcerer Supreme than Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, Honestly. Well, I mean, it's I just I didn't cast tricky. these people. That one, it, talk about, uh, it was one of those things where someone was going over, like, is it worse or better that Tilda was recast? <laughs> what? Yeah. Because that's the thing. If they said, fuck China, and we're just going to make right, it a Nepalese right, right, right. man, in a way, just having this stereotypical, like, in a way, is like, is that stereotypical and bad? Like having it be, it's so tricky. It's so tricky. But my thing is, it's just an excuse to have Tilda Swinton. But I think Tilda Swinton is smart and she knows she needs to have him. So I think it'll be like a roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, where Tilda Swinton is keep on trying to get Doctor Strange in a car accident. <laughs> she like, she's pushing boulders over cliffs where he's camping <laughs> Exactly. Below. Until mm-hmm. he can I see it. Yeah. That would be a hilarious Disney Plus series actually (laughs) uh do you have another one that you think would be good i really do um mine is what if rachel mcadams did not do dr strange and salvaged her career where would she be now would she be winning oscars would she be doing a better marvel movie Wait, what? I just feel so bad that she's in that movie. Of Doctor Strange? Her character's giving nothing to do. But I mean, right? are you now saying that Doctor Strange is the reason Rachel McAdams' film career failed? It's well documented. Is that real? <laughs> yes! She's done stuff after that. Not one thing other than Eurovision. But is it really? But no one's. Did people really decide to not hire her because she was in Doctor Strange, or is that just like? Yes, she's been blacklisted because of her character. It was so poorly written in Doctor Strange. Well, what does I'm that have kidding. to do with her? I'm just kidding. Every time oh, okay. when you bring up like, Doctor Strange, I just think about how Rachel McAdams is a true talent, and she was wasted. Oh yeah, wasted. wasted. Well, Natalie in that movie. Portman was kind of wasted too in the first few Thor's. But at least she's going to have redemption. Redemption. I mean, the fact that she wouldn't, she would just do a fucking voiceover and, and like, she wouldn't even appear in it because she's like, you fucked my character over. And they're like, fine, we'll make you fucking Thorette. Thorette is not real. (laughs) All right. Give us one more. I have a good one. Fuck. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. This is going to be the best one ever. What if... Wanda Maximoff's father. I love it. The only DVDs that he was selling were David Lynch movies. <laughs> oh. So oh, she no. didn't grow up on sitcoms, but just on Mulholland Drive, Blue Velvet, uh, and Twin Peaks. Evil Jeff, did you know that today is the 20th anniversary of Mulholland Drive? Um, I didn't, but... Wow. It is. Wow. And that means I saw it the day after it premiered. So I guess that's tomorrow is the day my life was changed forever. Tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of when I saw my favorite movie of all time. Evil Jeff, 
give us a what if that combines the MCU and Mulholland Drive. Like, what if this character and this character were the two female leads of Mulholland Drive? Go. Oh, um, I'd say what if... My thing is, what if the two old... Like, the two kind of the old, the evil old couple... What if that was really just like Loki in disguise? <gasps> yes, the evil old couple that become mini. Yeah, that try to get her to kill herself later in the movie, and then mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. he reveals himself. Rather than getting her to kill himself, he reveals herself, and he's like, "Do you want to be an evil villain?" <laughs> I say, what if Mulholland Drive was about Jean Grey and Emma Frost? Okay, cue the X Men music. Wait, is who's who's the Damn. one with amnesia? Oh, absolutely, Emma Frost. <laughs> One of my favorite lines from Mahala Drive is when they start having lesbian sex. And then she's like, I've never done this before. Have you? And then the person with the amnesia is like, I don't know. Rita. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, again, I don't know. Again, amnesia. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I will say just um, going a little teaser just to throw out there um speaking of something that felt a little lynchian it felt a little hitchcockian it felt a little um panic roomy i watched a fun movie that people are shitting on but i thought it was fun amy adams in a woman in the window the woman in the window did you see it no watch it i think it's really fun it's shot it's the guy who it's um the guy who did atonement like it's just okay. it's 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 beautifully shot. It's like it's super fun. It's like a fun thriller. It's like copycat. It. She's like an agoraphobic. It's like Rear Window meets Sigourney Weaver and Copycat. I love it. Okay. With Amy Adams. I'll watch it. In a bathrobe the entire time. The entire time looking sad out a window. Yeah. Her element. Yeah, it's fucking Julianne Moore, Gary Oldman, J- Jennifer Jason Lee. Julianne Moore. Yeah. Julianne in. Moore. So in. And uh, Amy Adams. How do you say no to that? Jesus. Jesus. I'll watch it tonight. Hot topics. <laughs> Cue um, the X-Men music. I want your X. Come on. Come on. Are you still with me? I am. Okay, good. Because there were three X-Men books this week, and we need to talk about them, including the debut of a new one. Yeah. I'm which I tell can't you, wait to talk about with I'm you. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to preface this, so just be warned. Okay. I am not happy. Uh, okay. I am not I can, happy. I've For a plethora of reasons. Let's talk. I, let's start with Children of I. the Atom. Let's start with Children of the Atom. Um, okay. All right. So. Wait, hold, just can we pause? Okay. I'm going to need strength to get through this segment. I really am. Are you going to drink some? I'm already drinking a glass of Chardonnay. Okay. What do you, what do you need? It's for, after five o'clock. What do you need? Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just need a moment. I need to pause. I need to collect. Okay. We're going to talk about Children of the Atom number three. We're going to talk about X Factor number nine, the penultimate issue. And we're going to talk about X Corp. Okay. Number one. Okay. Children of the Atom number three. Okay, so here's the deal. So it looks like I was confused. There's, it's showing two things: them on a spaceship, 
and them going to dinner with their friend that was sick that we're kind of like, we think he might really be a mutant. And we think the spaceship is flashbacks, yes? Is that in the past? But is it in the past before they even became superheroes? It felt like an origin story to me. That's what I was just confused about because it didn't look like they were in their costumes. So is this... is this that they were? Yeah, yeah. This was before any of this superhero stuff. And it looks like they somehow accidentally got on an alien spaceship. It's going to crash. They go into an escape pods. It looks like um, what's the one character that makes everything? The Gambit Lady. Gimmick. Gimmick. She her seatbelt comes loose, which seemed to be significant. And now it looks like she has some, she actually does have powers, but they don't look those powers that it was like, she was all like deformed. And I was like, how does this relate to your gambit powers? I don't get it. What do you think's going on? Um, obviously something happened to her or them or them when, and it, it is a flashback. Do they all have fantastic four origin story powers? Right now, I am not convinced that they have powers because we have never seen them use their powers when they're out of their costumes. Right. What we have seen is gimmick. Her background is she is a renowned cosplayer or costume maker. And they seem to be calling her out instance by instance in this story in that one, in the flashback when the five kids sneak onto this rocket ship and are then crash landing into earth her belt comes undone and then two when they're at the dinner of this kid cole's house she's in the bathroom turning into something bulimia it's an epidemic (sighs) no i but that's the thing is are they all aware that she's doing this or is she hiding this thing from everybody she's close so she's not at the dinner right they went without her she stayed home Um, she's definitely hiding it from her parents because she runs away when she feels this change coming on. So I don't know. And then their friend that was in the hospital and who's recovered, it turns out that he's been experimented on with like mutant DNA. Yes. And so they're all like, oh, hey, by the way, can we like get in on that? Because maybe you can go through a gate. And it really just shows their X-Men obsession is has been going on way before they've had these powers or had or been doing all this. They've because this guy was like, oh, my God, you're fucking X-Men obsession. Like, get over it. Get the fuck out of my house. So these guys (laughs) are just obsessed with being X-Men. Yeah. So where is this going? Are they going to get the DNA? I'm curious to see if this dude can walk through a gate. Now that he's been spliced with the DNA. One thing I want to point out is who this Dr. Arthur, Arthur Nagin is. This friend of the family who's been experimenting on Cole. The kid who we think is a mutant. Yeah, he's By all the way, big and beefy. Yeah, the stars of our book, the Children of the Atom, they think Cole is a mutant as well. Yeah. So they're like, you think he has powers? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so that doctor, Dr. Arthur Nagin, is a supervillain in the Marvel Universe. That is Gorilla Man. Not the Gorilla Man from Agents of Atlas. This is the former leader of the Headmen, which include, I think, Ruby Sunday. Ruby Thursday was on there. She just had like a 
red ball for a head. What about anyway, Ruby Tuesday? Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Dr. Arthur Nagin, below, underneath that suit, his beefy body is a gorilla body, much like right. number one from a Right, Academy. right, right, right. So... I don't, is it so this this is a DNA but he's not splicer. a or anything no right. he uses animal DNA back in the day he used animal so DNA so now he's moved on to mutant DNA I guess he's moved on to mutant DNA that's interesting yeah. I, yeah so I'm thinking this is what I'm picturing which I think might be interesting is they're going to try and convince their friend to see if he can go through the gate and I think he can yeah because he's got mutant DNA and I think they're him, going maybe? to go to Negan and be like we want it so that we can go to Krakoa and they're going to pay like some heavy price. Like if you want this, then you're going to have to do this. Oh, for sure. I think that's kind of interesting at the same time. I still am not getting what, cause the one thing that I want is I still want to relate back to like, what does this have to do with the overall arching of the X-Men universe? And right now yes. I just feel like it just seems meaningless to it adjacent it seems very adjacent so for me it's just like if it's adjacent and just some side story that doesn't really matter then it needs something more you know what i mean i do and i do think we're getting there yeah i think there is going to be an x-men connection that we are not foreseeing for example someone online said is she brood and I was like, oh, so that's interesting. So wouldn't it be cool if Children of the Atom was ultimately connected to something that was part of X-Men lore, like the Brood or something like that? But then that wouldn't would be they cool. automatically be called to, what's his name, Broodling? What's his sure. Name? So she's not Brood, but I think the point is, I mean, maybe she is. The point is, it could be something that has to do with the X-Men, like historically, and that'll be the tie. And I think that's the problem I have is I hate it where I'm still waiting to see if I'm going to like this or not. Yes. And I think that's a pro- that's my problem is I need something happening in this right now where I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. And I do think and- the other problem, and this is maybe my main issue, which is not my fault. Mm-hmm. This is very, very, very Gen Z. It's very Gen Z. And it's mm-hmm, just a little, mm-hmm. like, I'm just a little old for it. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure. Thank God you I'm know, on wind, TikTok wind or I'd, is... be completely, I'd be completely out of the loop. Yeah, that's true. I mean, wouldn't you say that, like, wind is geared toward a younger audience as well? You enjoy that. But wind is it's geared towards it's not referential. younger audience. It's referential. referential. Anything it references yeah. is more like fairy tale type stuff. And I'm always Are down you on for TikTok? That. I am on TikTok, but I don't make videos. <gasps> I just watch videos. Me neither, but I enjoy a lot of them. I do. And um, I need to change my algorithm because it's literally Ooh, just getting? race war talks. Oh. Where it's literally um, oh my God. people stitching like Trumpers and making fun of them, which is fun. But then okay. that also leads but to. Enough. But then it also leads to like biracial people and black people fighting over who's, are you really black? And then it's like, it's like crazy things like that where I'm like, I, okay, I, this is too intense for me. Like I let's, oh my God. Like for one minute, oh, you're going to solve this issue in one minute. No. Um, No. And then because I watch BLs, I'm on BL TikTok. And because I watch K-pop, I'm on K-pop TikTok. 
And because of that, I now get just a lot of um, hot, like, Koreaboos. Like, just like a hot, and, and manga people, like, cosplaying and doing stupid stuff. And I don't like that. So it's just weird where they're like, oh, you like, you liked Cherry Magic, um, the the Japanese BL. Here, I'm going to show mm-hmm. you a bunch of girls dressing up as other manga characters. And I'm like, no, no I don't care. No, But then show they'll girls. show a hot, a fucking hot guy dressed up shirtless as a manga character. And then, of course, I heart it. And then it fucks the whole algorithm up. And then I'm just inundated with it all over again. Oh, my God, these algorithms. I will say oh. the fact of a to- like hot topless men are ruining my algorithm. Yeah, my Insta, like when I hit search and all like different things that it's recommending for me come up, it's all just fitness. It's queers. just hot. I'm like, oh, man. God. Yeah, my, I've now given horny. up my Instagram. I can now tell immediately from a TikTok whether they have an OnlyFans. I can just tell from the vibe. Oh. I can tell by a thirst trap of like, are you a thirst trap because you're desperate and want attention? Or are you a thirst trap because you're trying to get people to go to your OnlyFans and make some money? Oh my God, everybody has an OnlyFans. Quick, which mutant is most likely to have an OnlyFans? Dakin. Dakin! I love it. All right, what else do we want to say about Children of the Atom number three? Um, nothing. Just get where to is it, it going? Get to it. Uh, do I like <laughs> it? Do I not? I will say this I was that way with The Nevers, which we will not talk about this episode. I need to get Episode five, the, the one you didn't watch is for me i was four episodes of do i like this or not episode five i was like i like it damn it i like it yeah um all right let's talk about um let's save the newest one for last oh please (laughs) okay let's no let's talk about fine let's talk about x factor number nine because i am like i'm fucking heartbroken over this why is this book ending why is this ending I mean, I guess it's out of your... I mean, I guess it's ending because it wasn't getting enough. That can't be sales? true. It's like it was in the top ten sales. Like it, it, it outsold Batman once. Is it because Polaris is an X Man, and then they're like, oh, because for me, this is like the most interesting thing that's going on, and the fact that this issue they just combined their two plots of Siren and and Mojo, and World Mojo? together. And not only brought back Shatterstar, but also had Richter being called to him. What? Oh, and that's not all. There's a panel with Shatterstar and Dazzler. Oh, yeah, where he... Made me gasp. Where he almost revealed that she... Because she forgot that she's the mother. That she's oh, yeah. his mother. He's like, hey, Dazzler, th- hey, um... Nothing. Never and you're mind. like, What? I'm oh, like, oh, and heartbreaking. Wait, Evil Jeff, they have the same fucking hair. They have the same color and length yeah, and cut. Yeah. And I'm like, uh And and here's the other thing, is they just dropped the bombshell, is he's realizing, and I think this is fully centered around Prodigy and iBoy. North Star is like, their powers are are approach I think North Star is seeing that their powers are approaching uh, a sort of Omega level situation. And oh, for sure. Especially not, iBoy. But but here's the thing of why I think it's also Prodigy. Prodigy, Prodigy never, he took skills and knowledge. He never psychically knew someone's backstory. Just information. Yeah. And now he did. He's like, oh, I was standing by Richter. And now I know 
Shatterstar's history. What? That was not yeah. his power before. So that means it's expanded. Right. He's now I read that next to somebody and he can he's basically psychic now. I mean, because like, where do you draw the line in what is knowledge and what is not? Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if like could Prodigy pick up somebody's private thoughts? I bet you we or... couldn't think they're they're not like what are they thinking right now? But he can right. know all of their memories and history that made them who they are. Yeah, the story of Shatterstar. I mean, it's a story just like how to build a rocket ship is a story. Yeah, but that but that's what I mean. So, but that is much more complicated. That it used to just be like I can fight how you fight. Oh, I can do um, surgery because I was standing by beasts, so I know how to do medical stuff. It was more like that, and now it's yeah. being expanded. And that's what's just so great is is she's expanding the world of how their powers work. And then iBoy can fucking see any everything. He can see magic. Anything. Anything. He actually reminds me a lot, because I just saw the in the Nevers, there's the girl that can't speak languages. But mm-hmm. she, she admitted that when she saw the girl sing, she could hear words. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of like, kind of like iBoy. Like he can see these things that no one else can see. And I just love the fact that he used to be on, uh, is it, who, who writes it again? X-Factor? Leia? Yes. So Leia Williams, did Leia Williams write um, Generation X, the reboot? No. Who wrote that one? Christina Strain. We interviewed her. Right, 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 right. But I like that she's pulling from... I love pulling how iBoy was like, you're useless and you will never be an X-Men. And now he's like proving to be probably one of the most important ones. And Northstar is like, and I don't want anyone to know because I don't want him to be useful. I want him to be Trevor. Well, I think he's also like there. Everyone's really happy where they are. And I think it's also like, because you know where iBoy will probably be sent to sword. Or something, because they like right. Through, He's going to be turned into like a, a tool. A tool. And North Star doesn't want. And that. that's the weird thing is North Star and Emma Frost are so similar, right? Because they are cold as ice, and they will tell you to your face that you're an ugly piece of shit, but they will sacrifice their life to save your life and make sure that you're okay and happy. It's that 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 dualism, where they care so much about children. And 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 people being happy around them, but at the same time with the stone cold exterior where they won't let anybody in. I love it. That's so interesting. The difference between the two of them is I feel like Emma, she has a reputation that people can rely on her. They can trust her like Jean and Emma, as complicated as that relationship is. Ultimately, Jean Grey knows that Emma Frost will have her back no matter what. And also she knows no matter what crazy things going on with her, she pu- she puts the 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 chill the, the future and other people of the first. first. North Star does not have that reputation. I feel like North Star is more recent on his journey of becoming someone who is known as a protector, a leader. And I think it actually has to do with the fact that his sister. Because one thing they is like I think the reuni- like the repowering of her like the re- resurrection of the sister and them having their powers their connection powers back. 
that probably restored a lot of Jean-Paul. And the one thing that they, I wish they, I don't think they've ever, have they ever really talked about her split personality? Not really. Because I'm curious of like, is that cured? Would you, I mean, is that something you could just cure? Do you have to, what was it? Like St. Jean, St. Marie or whatever. The slutty one. Does the slut need to be there? I think also that was probably just let go because that is a real simple, outdated depiction of mental mental illness. Well, true, so, but I think dissociative. I mean, DID is a real thing, and I think it could be updated into the twenty first century of what dissociative identity disorder is. True. Yes, but there is also the resurrection is restoring. Yeah thing we've seen come up here and there i so i for me it's just like it's laying the tapestry of all these things and then the the one person that can save siren is her old teammate from x-force shatterstar yeah what so this book this book feels like it's it's always been so respectful of the like the kyle and yost new x-men run and Peter David's X Factor. Yes, because that's right. They like she became Morrigan when Shatterstar was on X Factor, so he was there for all of that too. They have this rich history together, and it's just like honoring those things. It just, it just, it just makes my heart skip a beat. So then, when it's like, and we're ending it, I'm like, you literally I just, know. you literally just hit a million balls up in the air that I am so excited to see come to fruition to land and now you're like nope it's just hellfire gal and then it's done what this book it satisfies the x-men fan but also just just like like you know in, for, in terms of references and, and history but also the team dynamic like this is the most loving team out of all the books nobody comes close to the camaraderie of x-factor all i'm saying <laughs> so is it the one is i want x-factor's story to be completely absorbed into X-Force. Why X-Force? I feel that's the only one it could probably fit into. Well, what I'm hoping is that we're getting a new X-Factor number one after the trial of Magneto. That I would love. Don't think it's going to happen, but if Leia Williams is writing the trial of Magneto, of which X-Factor is going to play a major role, do we then get an opportunity to reset with kind of a slightly different... Well, I guess so you're saying you think X-Factor is going to continue on in the trial of Magneto. Yes. And the thing that's saying is because they're saying X-Factor plays a strong part of it, do you th- is the trial the outside or inside? Like, is it a Krakoan oh, that's trial? that's interesting. Or is it yeah. outside? Well, there's going to be two going. I would imagine there's going to be both. If a murder happens Do you know who do you think stage, dies? Um... That's such a good question. I, I keep going back. Because I feel I think, it has to be a human because if it's a mutant. It then, has to be a human. Then they'd be resurrected. So then it's yeah. like if the trial's outside, but then what is X Factor having to do with all of this? If it doesn't have to do with mutant resurrection. I think they are going to get on the case to prove that Magneto did not kill a human. <laughs> I find this all, I can't, I think this is going to be super fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to see who's murdered. I keep wanting to go back to the giant size Magneto episode, uh, issue. Yeah. Because that's where Magneto uh, built that 
party venue for Emma. Yeah. So that structure with the sentinel head, that's where Emma's having Hellfire. And wasn't there something like Magneto pocketed a key or something like that? Well, that wasn't there. This is what I want to go back um, to. He helped Namor. Yeah. And he got that key. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to play into this. What if it's Namor? What if it's an Atlantean? Yes. Because then that, oh, because the, oh. Mm. What if it's fucking Namor? Shit. Fuck. That would be amazing. Also, because Namor just was at war with all of the, you know, the people on Earth. So that would Yeah, make... so Earth's going to be like, well, you shouldn't have killed him. It's fine. Yeah. But you shouldn't have done it, but it's fine. <laughs> so that's the thing is like, or is, is this trial going to take place underwater? Oh, I've been waiting for an underwater trial during the Reign of X. I really have. I mean, everything from now on the X-Men, they're either on Mars or underwater. I'm telling you. But anyway, it's, it's just so fucking good, and I'm just sad. I'm sad. I want to see more with Dakin and it's Aurora. Such good moments. We I didn't mean, even... get to see Kyle die. Oh, um, but I'm so endeared to North Star and Kyle because of like Rachel was like, "Hey, we're doing a psychic thing," and Kyle's like, "Cool." Could you ask him what what we're ha- what he wants for dinner tonight? And I just love it's such a good joke. <laughs> like, no matter what's happening, the married couple still needs to have the "What are we having for dinner tonight?" conversation. I know. <laughs> I love I just, it. I I think this is the thing. I watch soap operas, and you do? shut up. <laughs> I pretty much my life other than superheroes is soap opera stuff. K dramas, BLs. I do watch a few European soap operas. I watch I I sometimes will watch Days of Our Lives. I've watched it since I was seven. I still it's a funny thing with Days of Our Lives, you can rewatch it and you're like, Oh, there's that same character from nineteen eighty five. Oh, you're just well then I love it. Um, but my thing is I I like cheating and scheming. And, and I, I just feel in this world where Kyle and Northstar are monogamous and mm-hmm. Krakoa is a polyamorous sex pit, honey. Right. Something's go- it's going to come to a head. With Dakin there? With Dakin We never there. got to see that. And now here God, comes Shatterstar and Richter oh, and, and Richter? Prodigy and Speed. And then iBoy, iBoy's bi. I don't care what anyone says. He is giving off some severe bi energy. Yeah, they're all poly, so there's no more gay bi, any of that. Yeah, everyone's pan. They're all pan. Uh, I'm going to make a t-shirt saying we're all pan on Krakoa. (laughs) Which we should. We should sell that. Would you? Never mind. Um I was going to ask if you would have sex with Trevor, but he's a kid. I don't want to talk about that. How old is he? Speaking, uh, 18. Speaking of... <laughs> no, the I thing. That's speaking too of much. Couples, that's too much. Speaking too much. of gay couples, hello. Did a double date happen on a data page? And can we talk about it? Um, yes, talk about it. Let me talk about it. Great. So Kyle and Northstar agree to go on a double date with Danny and Shan. Yeah, so, and so I, I will say... Think back to New Mutants. Danny and Shan are a fucking couple. So, but They're a couple. Is this where... They weren't announced that they were a couple of New Mutants. Was that no, where they were announced? No, but this is about subtext. All, 
all the sex and love stuff in this X-Men era, it's all yeah. subtext. You either yeah. notice it or yeah. you don't because they can't straight up say, oh, by the way, Scott, thanks for fucking my butt last night. Mm, it was so good. I'm Wolverine. You can't do that. I mean, I feel they should, but that's just <laughs> me. <laughs> mm, I loved it. Thanks for doing me up. All right, I'll stop. I'm talking about gay sex like I'm a straight person. I wonder, I'm just trying to think, since he has impact beams, can the impact beams be low enough where you, Ooh, if your dick was To hot, stimulate the prostate? It, well, oh, oh, like you literally eye beam up the hole, just straight yeah, to the... Yeah, like yeah. point blank. I was thinking like if you shoot the underside of a hard penis and kind of do it in pulses, so it just kind of oh, bounce, bounces. Yeah, in pulses, yeah. There's so many things you I'm can saying do. though, the visor, if you turn it 90 degrees, is butthole shaped. <laughs> Oh my god! So That'd be funny. Like Dan Cable, Cable comes in and, and Cyclops is like, "Don't touch that visor." <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, Danny and Shan are totally uh, lesbian lovers, and I will say though, did was it just me or was the takeover of Mojo World way too easy? And I kind of loved that. And I think the I mean, reason it was way also, too easy. Hey, you have one issue. You have one issue to wrap everything but up. But no, but I, but I think, but, but I realized why was this so easy? And I realized because they weren't trying to stop him. They literally were just like, no, we're in on this. We're now the producers. We're now just your boss. Yeah. You can keep doing your That's shit. That's how you beat them. But you just need to make the mutants look good and they're all free and they can do whatever they want. You don't have resurrection. We fucking have that. You can't do this, this, and this, and we're in charge. We're basically. I love it. You make him sign. Yeah. The only way to beat Mojo is with a dotted line. Yeah. The only way you beat Mojo is with a hostile takeover. Brilliant. Yes. And then Sophia it's fantastic. is in charge of it. And that Sophia then has to, like, leads, watch her, that Mojo leads verse. into X-Corp, X-Corp, where she is now the marketing <laughs> PR person. She's shooting. She's like the commercials director. Which, of course, if she runs Mojo World now, that would make sense. Yeah. I loved that part of X Corp. That just remember who do you remember who was in love with Sophia? Hellion, right? Hellion. Where is he? I don't know. He is such a good character. I want him back. Me too. Plus, I think I'd love to see a thing of him trying to do the crucible to get his hands back and them not allowing it saying that that's not a good enough reason <laughs> here we made you fake hands no i already had fake hands and I'm like um john got her fucking leg back and they're like that was just to get her brother <laughs> that was her brother not her leg leg was a byproduct <sighs> what do you think the morgan did to julio and richter uh, i'm sorry julio is richter to richter and shatterstar I don't. At the end know. of this book, it looks like everything with this this folklore monster, everything seems to be about contracts and bindings and yeah. favors. Yeah. So it looked yeah. like she apparently. I mean, this is what I got. Siren was committing suicide as a way to be the sacrifice for Morgan. And instead, she still ended up just killing all of X Factor to like feed her. Is, am I yeah. right? Am I thinking that's yeah? Yes, and Siren agreed. 
as long as you don't kill other mutants, I'll die 1,000 deaths yes. for you. So she's, yeah. so, I mean, shit, that's fucking rough. Um, Oof. And then I have a feeling it looks like Shatterstar went in and made a new, I think he's was renegotiating some kind of new deal, but then Richter is like bonded. And now that Richter is fucking a sorcerer, he senses all that fucking magic. And so I think in the end, there's going to be some kind of Richter magic versus Morgan thing. I have a wholly different take. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I think Morgan's dead. Oh, okay. Uh, and then with her dying breath, put some kind of curse onto Shatterstar and the curse had to do with love. So therefore the curse found its way to Richter. And I think Richter and Shatterstar have been cursed and I'm not looking forward to it. But that's the thing. Are they cursed to not be together because they weren't together? Well, no, they're cursed to be in love forever. That ain't a curse. Curses are bad. So yeah, I think so. That's interesting because I also still want to see, I'd like Shatterstar to be like, what's new? And he's like, oh, um, were you dating anyone else? Um, apocalypse. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh yeah, can he fuck you like this? Yeah, actually. Yeah, he can. Yeah. But he left me for his fucking wife. (laughs) So... The end of this book says, what cursed parting gifts did the dying Morrigan bestow upon Shatterstar and Siren? So Siren got some curse too. Jesus Christ, she can't catch a break. No, She cannot catch a break. Well, although, I don't know, maybe it's not a curse. Morrigan's like, ah, to the victor goes the spoils. I have have a fun idea. Now that Madrox Madrox is back in X-Corp. One of the fun things, which I hope they will address in the book, I don't, and it seemed like they're doing it. The thing that I loved in Peter David's run is that his dupes had their own personalities and they were different from Yeah. Him. Wouldn't it be amazing if a Madrox came to Siren and he's like, hey, and she's like, hey, Madrox. He's like, I'm not, I'm actually not Madrox. I'm your son. <gasps> Like the dupe that he absorbed came back out as another dupe. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. That would be so fucked up. Or he came out and he's like 13. They're like, oh, why is this dupe so young? Yes. (gasps) Oh. Oh. But isn't it funny that, is it okay to like seamlessly move into X Corp? Yeah, we don't need like a theme song or anything. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about X Factor. No, it's great. But I think with Madrox, I do I do think it's amazing that the night Madrox fucked Monet and a dupe of Madrox fucked um, Siren the same yeah. night. <laughs> and so now Madrox and Monet are on a team together with all of that weirdness. <laughs> Of like, she's now in charge, but the last time they were together, he was the one in charge. So it's a very weird shift of dynamics, especially because she is like not in control. I mean, I feel it's a problem. Okay, so X-Corp, how do you feel about X-Corp? I was pretty bored. Yeah, I did not. I felt like it needed to have something exciting or a big, like the last page was like, this is what this is about. 
And it wasn't. Yeah, and the sense of wonder they delivered came through the fact that like the the corporate headquarters can fly, and I'm like, Who gives I'm a more fuck? annoyed by this than anything else. Who gives a fuck? I thought the sword. What is what is it? The shield helicarrier. We've done seen it before. Yeah, and it's like this. This is like it's too big. Like it's like mountains. I'm like. Uh, the, the the like the logistics person in me is like oh I can't even get my head around this uh, like where do they land this thing it's so weird and then the whole thing was just like oh all of this bad stuff happened but look they got a flying mountain that'll make their stocks rise oh they're illegally mining the sh- the, the savage land but look their corporate headquarters flies I just didn't buy it yeah I Here's felt like I was Jeff. like I feel like they need to get a consult like a a Wall Street consultant or something. Look, I, feel like, I want to yeah. say this in private to you. Okay. <laughs> which, ironically, this is a podcast. Because I feel it with Excalibur as well. Okay. All the parts and pieces are there, but something isn't clicking. Sometimes, when I read that book and when I read this one, it merits a second read. Did you give X-Corp a second read? I did. And the second read, I was like, okay, so all the pieces are here. Like, what did I not... Why am I not responding to Because the stakes. The stakes aren't important enough for us to care. Yeah. And I think this is what I said. Every X book, it needs to connect back. The ultimate stake needs to connect back to House of X, to the, the Quiet Council and Krakoa and Xavier and Mora's ultimate plan sword does that all of that things that they're mining for is for them to go to mars or all of that is for a master plan for the x-men race like it needs to be and i understand that x corp is supposed to be like oh we need to make sure that all of our money is squared away but that's not interesting enough like you need to have like i mean what it needs to be more like secession you know what i mean like who's on the yes. board? Oh, I need to be on the board. Angel and her, like I think Angel and her need to be fighting more. And like major, I think maybe like once they're all on the board and like making decisions and going against each other and backstabbing each other and trying to make deals, like that might be more interesting. But there needs to be some kind of twist. There needs to be some sort of twist. And because right now it's just a little too like the stakes aren't it just feels like a commercial or high it yeah. feels like data pages it feels like things that could be just told in data pages and other x books like why do i need yeah. to see this happening in real life i will say things i like i like that monet cannot keep a can't handle penance like she's yeah like i think that's i do i think that's fun. so that's one thing i am struggling with is you've got this this undercurrent this like sub theme of these two main characters who have a side of themselves that they have notoriously or currently had difficulty keeping under control this wild animalistic monster side monet is struggling with hers warren is not and i just wish that that theme kind of pervaded more of the story. I wish that theme informed more of the story. In fact, but but instead it comes out a little bit clunky. There's a moment 
where Warren is like, I'm having trouble with this business dude that the audience doesn't care about. And Monet's like, well, kill him. And I was like, wait, what? Kill him? Okay. That was, wow, shit. Like, you really aren't supposed to do that. And also, Monet, kill him? Yeah. And maybe that's her struggling with her pent-up side, her violent side. But that's clunky. Like, if this issue were about the monsters we hide from one another, would have loved it. But it's not. No. And that's... Well, the thing is, in a weird way, though, if it was that, then you have to deal with... Why would Xavier put four... Because if you look at it, Trinary is... She's kind of a cyber criminal. And she's still... In this, they're setting up that she still wants to get revenge on pretty much, like, all of India who did her wrong. Sure. So it's like, that's not stable. And then Madrox, it's clear that he still is like his dupes are all like not him. Like he's like he's always been a fucking nut job. But he's also like a dipshit. And yeah. like I don't like why would you put a dipshit on your yeah. board of directors so I, unless you want a board you can control? Yeah. So I do, which that's, I like that. Yes, but that's that's what I'm saying is I like the idea of these three people that are not fully in control and not fully aware. I think Angel. I think the Dark Angel needs to come out. Like I need to see struggle with him as well. The problem is why? Then why are all of them there? And I think that's the thing of where honestly. I would love it if it's like these people are a mess and everything seems to be a mess. And then there's the last scene. I would rather than like, oh, everything went well. I would rather it have gone badly. And then it cuts. stocks plummet. And then the stocks plummet and it cuts to the quiet council. Yes. Emma Frost is like, "Um, fucking get rid of them. Monet, I taught her. She's an idiot. She can't control her shit. I've, I've read her mind. She's out of control. Madrox, he's a fucking dipshit. Angel, we can't fucking trust him. What are you doing? And Xavier's like, nope, I will override. I I have full control over this. The Quiet Council has no say. I'm overriding it. Cut to him walking to the dark place with Moira. And then he's just like, we got, and then it's just like, has plan B started? And he's like, yes, plan B is initiated. And it's going exactly as planned. Like that, if that ended like that, I would have been like, on board. Give me this goddamn Yeah, book. I'm like, raise the stakes, tighten up the thesis statement, and, like, some of these characters feel off kilter. Yeah, because that's okay. the thing. I can understand Monet saying that if she had turned independence and then yelled that, but she wasn't. Yes, yes. Yeah, they need to, uh, yeah, they need to get it together. I think Hickman, I feel like Hickman's, like, like over it, and I'm getting scared that he's over it. Well, it's not, like, <laughs> and I feel terrible but never mind. I'm not going to say it. Never mind. No, say it. Um, just I just bring, think it's just, it just, it's just, no, I'm not doing that. It's just to tighten up. I was, I was going to talk about a particular creator and I don't want to do that. Okay. I, well, I think in the end, it's not necessarily the creator. I think this really comes down to the editor and Hickman because this is, a, this is yeah. a showrunner problem. The ultimate yes. stakes and the ultimate goal. That's a showrunner. There thing. it is. That's not a showrunner. Not the writer. That's not yeah. the writer. Yeah. Because the writer yeah. isn't fully decided. I mean, he's there in the rooms figuring it out, but he's not the one fully she. De- she she's not the one fully deciding what is going to happen. Like, Correct. where is this going to go? Hickman has a very strong hand of that. And I think that's yeah, he. This needs, was all plotted needs, by the office. Yes. Yeah. He, they need to figure that out more. I don't want to fucking. Yeah. 
uh, was it Josh Abrams uh, lost where it's like, we'll figure it out in the end. And then they're like, oh, we don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Whoops, it was purgatory. Sorry. We know we said Sorry. it wasn't, but we couldn't think of anything you else. You figured it out too early, so we made up the Dharma initiative and don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I don't want that shit. I don't want that shit. Don't set up these golden nuggets, these gold balls full of resurrected mutants, and then not give me something amazing. Right. Because that's the thing, is he hit it out of the park. I mean, for me, still, House of X, Powers of Ten... I think is my favorite comic of all time. I I agree. I don't think there's anything better. It. I think the closest would be Mine Extinction too. Agenda. Um, Thank you. With with Morrison's run might be uh, E is for Extinction. E is for Extinction. Yes, I knew what you meant. Um, wait, what's the is Extinction Agenda? <laughs> that's that awful. No, that's, that's that Genosha. The Genosha thing. Yeah, no, no, Cameron no, no. Hunt. Yeah, but yeah. E is for Extinction. Like very close second. But that's the thing is when you set something up that good, it's so hard to keep it going. But I wanted to. I but keep it. it focused. Keep it tight. Yes. It's starting to unravel. Because that's the thing is, and, Come on. and don't say you can't do it because you know who is doing it. Marvel MCU. Thank you. Marvel They're MCU doing it. has kept it focused. What was the last, what do you think is the last misfire? I think even Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which wasn't sure. perfect, was still good. It was still great. It was still good. I'd say the last misfire, was I would say two. the last misfire was Iron Man 3. Because we did not want a grounded human Tony Stark story right after Avengers introduced a broader MCU. Yeah. We wanted the broader MCU. So I think it was kind of a misfire to give us like a grounded Tony story when we were hungry for like more Marvel. More, more, it gave us depth. We wanted breadth. Oh, here's some. And I think that that was a misstep. Did you hear that like there's like fighting going on amongst them who the disney people and faggy and the mcu people <gasps> oh no don't say that what's the guy who begins with an i not eisner no what's there's i don't know oh shit there's someone from disney Ugh. and it's been oh. rumored and of course this is a rumor so it might not be true but it's rumored yeah. that he thinks faggy is in over his head and can't keep this up, which sounds more like sour grapes to me. But it'll be- is it Isaac? Is it um, Ike Perlmutter, like the Marvel guy? Maybe he's bald. Huh? Oh no 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 no! Never mind. Um, I don't know. I find all that. So yeah, but I mean, but- that's a sh- that that is a sh- like not a showrunner problem, but like that's showrunner success. To your point. Although, but like that's Kevin what, did Feige. You, did you realize that the um they don't use showrunners? That they don't use showrunners. I did not realize right. that. Well, because he's the showrunner of the whole thing. He's the showrunner of everything, and the main director yeah. is kind of like second in command. Yeah. That's a and people are like, one thing is people are saying this might not work in the long run because, I mean, basically, you're limiting yourself because you can, there's going to be certain talent that is like no. I'm a showrunner, so I need to be the showrunner. So you're going to have all of these really good people that aren't going to be willing to do that. But not saying, but so far it's been working. Yeah, yeah. And I hope it does forever. I don't think it's ever going to lose steam, ever, until it introduces the X-Men. 
then it's over. No, I think this X-Men, <laughs> I, but here's my, this is my new theory. I read somewhere where someone said, how do you introduce mutants if they've been there all along? And someone said, no, it's a good way to introduce mutants to the MCU. What if the mutants were secretly whisked away to their own place, a place called Krakoa? And then one day, a man named Professor Xavier does a psychic thing, being like, hey, we've been here the whole time, and we're going to take over. I love it. And so someone was like, the only best, the only way to introduce the MCU, the X-Men to the MCU, is through Hickman's story. And I'm like, this is planned from the beginning. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this, is, yes. this is planned from the beginning. And, this, and that's if, how they're going to be introduced. If MCU X-Men is Krakoa and not the school, well, I will de-age 10 years just so I can stay alive. Oh, my God. Ugh. Wow. So X-Corp, other X-Corp, oh, X-Corp is yes. a little... Uh, that's a little meh. But you expectations know. were high, admittedly. But you know, it's not X Force. X Force is still the worst. Um, still the worst. So there's that. But did you read anything other than an X Men comic? I don't know. Did I? Let's go to. You gotta get a comic. Hit it. You gotta get a comic if you wanna get a hit. So, Evil Jeff, um, as you know, I will always pick up an issue of a comic book if I learn on social media that a lot of people are angered by it. So I picked up Fantastic Four number 32. Okay, I was I remember the anger of the demutinizing of Franklin Richards, which I still feel will be retconned. I think it will be retconned. Franklin Richards is never fully without his powers. They've taken away his powers before and they are going to bring them back. He is a mutant. Because my thing is, you're saying, oh, you're not a mutant. I think he is a mutant. But the last oh. of his reality warping powers took the mutant in away from him. Oh. Okay. Well, according to Xavier, it's what gave him the mutant gene. I think it's the opposite. Mm. And I think well. you can easily retcon that later on. <gasps> okay. Well, you want to know what Dan Slott did this time? Can we kill him? <laughs> What? Listen, you may not hate this. You may not hate this. You made a comment earlier. I was like, oh, I think Evil Jeff might have oh, okay. loved Fantastic well, well, Four. What did he do? What did he do? So I was reading the internet and the comments I saw around the anger of Fantastic Four number 32, um, a lot of it was about how could he cheat on her? How could he cheat on her? And I was like, oh my fucking God. If Dan Slott has it so that Reed had an affair at one point. He is going to be hunted down. Is that what happened? No. Oh. <laughs> Marvel would never do anything that cool. I mean, fucking, we no. all know Sue, please, Sue Richards fucked Namor, please. Oh, come and on. And Doctor Doom. She had both of their dicks in her. Anyway. Oh, come on. Seriously. Okay, but what, who cheated then? So Johnny Storm... Johnny Storm, in recent issues of Fantastic Four, he's, has found his, his soulmate. soulmate, Sky. Right. So he is going on a double date with his soulmate to an art exhibit about Latveria. 
And he's going on the double date with Alicia Masters and The Thing and their kids. They adopted that crazy Wait, kid. They're taking a blind kid. girl to an art exhibit? Well, some of her some of her sculptures are part of the exhibit, Evil Jeff. She's a sculptress. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. All right. You didn't know that Alicia Masters, daughter of the puppet master, was a sculptor? Oh, yeah. I did know that. I did know that. Sorry. Okay. So Johnny shows up with Sky. All of a sudden, Sky walks in and she's like, What the fuck? Ben, you told me this was tomorrow. And everyone's like, What the fuck? And then the Sky that Johnny came with turns into Lijah the Skrull, his ex-wife. And she was like, hee hee, fooled you. Also here is Doom's second in command, a woman named Victorious. She's all hail Doom, hail Doom. She's like overseeing the exhibit. It looks She's like, like take they, Alicia was, I Masters. I thought they were a thing. Doom and Victorious? Yeah. They are now. He proposes to her at the end of the issue. Okay. Well, I don't know. How, the storyline is, is called Bride of Doom. How is he doing that? With I mean, I'm going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy next. So he is a busy man. Okay. Yeah, I know. He's on the team, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, so wait, 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 he, wait, wait. You need to backtrack. Who is the Skrull? Wait, Johnny Storm's ex was a Skrull? Oh, don't you know Lijah, the Skrull that Johnny was married to for a while? No, I don't remember that. Oh, she's a thing. She's the thing? She's a Just thing. Kidding. Oh my god! I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now but what, what, she could be the thing. But she always presented as a woman, or do you think in the bedroom because he's bi? Yep. Switch. I think in the bedroom because she's bi. Anyway, she presented herself as Sky at this thing. So they get into a fight, and Sky is like, "Fuck you! I'm out of here." The real one, and. Victorious is like, we must protect the artifacts of Latveria. So she's protecting the artifacts. And Lijah is like, you know what? I fucked up. This was so wrong of me to do. I'm going back to my home world. You'll never see me again. Wait, and she flies off. Wait, why did she do that in the first place? Just to fuck with him? Like as a prank? So, I think so. But the reason she flew off and was like, my bad. I'm so sorry. I'm going to get out of here and never come back. <gasps> Alicia Masters puppet mastered her. It's the first time she's ever done anything like that. She takes out a fucking doll of Lija and she's like, I'm going to go back to my home planet. And Lija's like, I'm going to go back to my home planet and takes off. What? Yes. So that's huge. But that's not the thing. What is the thing? They show Johnny in bed next to Sky. And Johnny's talking to Sky. Sky's talking to Johnny. But the panels are split in half. And then they pan the camera out. Sky is alone talking to Johnny's empty pillow. Johnny is not in bed talking to Sky. Johnny is in bed talking to Victorious. In comes hologram of Doctor Doom. Johnny goes under the bed. Doom proposes to Victorious right after Johnny Storm fucked her. Did they have so any Johnny interaction? Cheated on Sky. Did they have any Victorious. interaction before that? Oh, they probably yeah, like in Latveria, like they fought and what. But there was there's no flirting or anything. No, no. See, Animosity. okay. I love all of that. <laughs> right? I think I've done. <laughs> and honestly, don't be like, oh, he cheated on her. 
Johnny Storm right? is a player. Johnny Storm Thank is a hothead. You. Johnny Storm is immature. Of he's course, a messy bitch that loves drama. He's Let's a playboy. This is he good. loves the attention. Of I course he's going to cheat on somebody. That makes sense. I loved it. And he's going to get And now she's marrying with. Doom. I love it. It's good. I like that. Just fucking, Everyone's all pissed off. Just I'm like, ugh. Franklin Richards is bad. That's the thing. I'll tell you this too. I watch, as you know, I watch a lot of BLs. And in, yes. in these BL dramas, the one thing that most of these girls and women that watch these is they hate cheating. So if like another character even kisses another boy that's not the main <gasps> one they're supposed to be with, they're like, the show is ruined. It's not real life. And I'm just like, no, that was drama. We need some drama. Mm-hmm. Throw in some goddamn drama. I love it. Well, I so, read some yeah. more about Doom as well, because I oh. got decided to catch up on Billy. Billy Maximoff Yay! is in a new comic called Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and so apparently I missed a lot. I read like the first few issues and then stopped. And apparently during that time, um, Star-Lord is now like, like was gone for decades and had a son and is like the master of the sun or what is that? Something like that. Yeah. I read a little bit of it too. So I was like, okay. And so he's just like telling everybody like I had a kid and I was alive for decades and you don't know what I've been through. Did you read the issue where he is pan and he has sex with male and female aliens? Yes. Cause you, you told me about that. So I read that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Of course he is. Well, what happened in the issue you read that I didn't? Um, basically, you read the first issue, right? Yes. It picks. I read the the previous issue of what you're reading. Doom shows up at the end of the last issue I read. Yeah. So did you see that it's like what it's like that world planet that living world planet is the planet that um, uh, Marvel and uh, who's the lesbian lover of Moon Dragon? Phyla Vell. Phyla. Phyla. Um, and then it was like a Quasar. And apparently Quasar can clash his hands together and turn into a woman. To female Quasar. Yeah. Female yep. Quasar. I or don't, regular. Or Wendell. I don't know what that's about, Original. but I'm into that. Um, sure. So that whole group of people, they're on this planet and there's a bunch of Skrulls that are like rebelling against the Kree Skrull Alliance. And they're talking about, oh, we're doing some magic sacrifice. And they're doing it to this like living planet and apparently this spell or whatever is going to make the living planet like something bad is about to happen and they're like oh shit's about to go down this is bad they um teleport off and then start heading back to the others meanwhile doom shows up where it's it's uh hawkling wiccan star lord uh groot rocket raccoon and gamora and they were fighting these these like elder God people that lived in galaxies far away and they were experimenting on everybody. And so they were battling them. They finished the battle, but then doom shows up, grabs Hawkling's sword and starts fighting everybody. And it looks like he's going to win, but then Hawkling's like, no, this is like Thor. So he just calls the sword and the sword goes back to him. But apparently it was a trick because when the sword went back to him, the sword, his, they switched bodies Doom and Hulkling? Yeah, so now Doom, Hulkling is now in Doom's body, but because it's armor, he trained the armor to freeze him so he couldn't move. 
And so then Doom oh. was in Hawkling. And so then he then starts battling everyone. And then he's like, but you can't kill me because if you kill me, you kill the king. You will kill the king of the galaxy. So you all must surrender to me. And in the end, Moondragon plays Possum as if she's knocked out. And they okay. and it's funny where they're just Love like, her. she's like, you need to get him to switch back. And and they're like, why would he switch back? He's in a powerful body. And she's like, use that against him. So they literally are just like, oh, my God, like, you're so weak as doom. <laughs> you have <laughs> to be in Hawkling in order to beat us. And literally, they all keep doing that. And finally, he's like, I, I, I don't need to be Hawkling. I'll switch back. <laughs> So when he switches, uh, so when he switches back, Moon Dragon like diverts it, and he switches into Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> and then Rocket I'm Raccoon sure is in Doom. Loved being in Rocket's body. And so then Doom is in. So Doom is like whoa, but it's like Rocket Raccoon, like speaking all Doomy. And so they have him captured. And so in the end, they were like, we should put him in a prison. They're like, no, he's totally going to escape. And they were like, and then, but he's like, oh, I know what's going on with all of this stuff and they're like he has too much information we need to know it and in the end they they're like we'll give you back your body if you help us through this mission but i think he's gonna stay as rocket raccoon until the mission is over so it might be a doom rocket raccoon or next issue we might switch back i don't know but i but for me i do love seeing me some wiccan and uh hulkling together yeah on the guardians of the galaxy fuck yeah it's great so that's interesting. Oh, I'll probably I'm so keep, glad I'll probably they keep catching home. up with that. Yeah, and it's um, it's Al Ewing. It's great writing. It's the guy that writes Sword. Yeah. Who could go wrong with this book? And that's, I gotta catch and up. And that's comics. Did you read any other comics? That's comics. No, that was all I read. I have a problem where I should be reading a book and I just couldn't get into the issue four. It's the Department of Truth. Oh, you know what? We're not ca- it's, caught up with My it. connection to the Department of Truth is tenuous at best. Yeah, like, it started like, off eh. really and good. And it's our guy. Yeah, it started off really good. But It's James Tinian. Yeah, it started off really good, but now I think the problem is there's actual disinformation that's happening now, and they keep on talking about disinformation from the 80s, where I'm like, no, let's talk about election fraud. I don't know. <laughs> sure, sure, yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you you're saying you wish it was more direct about it? Yeah, I think for me it was. It's all. Yeah, I guess it's also run. It's going a little too slow. Like, did you re, did you ever watch Dev? No. With uh, Ron was Ron Swanson. Yeah. No, I never did. That started off. The first like two episodes were so good. And it was basically like it was the he's like a Mark Zuckerberg-y type person and he's created or an Elon Musk type person. And he's created a technology that can literally predict the future. And it not only can predict the future, can also go in the past. Like they're like, look, here's footage of Jesus that we found. Oh, which is so fascinating. But literally by the third episode, it trudged. It trudged yeah. to the point where I was like, something needs to happen. I'm bored. Yeah. Oh. And it's the same thing with this, where it's like there's a lot of interesting ideas in Department of Truth, but it's just it's just taken too long to get to there. And I, I hate to say yeah. it, it's the same thing with the other one we were reading. The I only 
we only find them yeah when yeah yeah like that one as soon as they killed that one living god it kind of petered out yeah it's no wind yeah it's no wind keep it moving that's our lesson keep it moving i bought the uh i bought the the trade of it oh fun good to my boyfriend and said he had to read it because he'll love it oh i also told my best friend that he had to read it and he loved it yeah and that's comics guys (laughs) thank you so much everyone that's comics thank you comics Thank you, Connie. And thank you, Evil Jeff. And thank you, Brett. Thank you. And thank you, America. And thank you, world. And thank you, universe. Well, we did it. Uh, thank you, audience, for hanging with us for this conversation. There was a lot we liked and there was a lot we didn't like. But that's okay, because that's life. And that's comics. <laughs> Isn't that right, Evil Jeff? That is right, because I hate to break it to you. If you like comics, well, start lisping and put on that Britney Spears album, <laughs> because that makes you queer. queer. Bye. Bye.